Okay, first of all, great to see everybody. I just want to share something I've been thinking about. I hope uh, I hope it'll be meaningful to you. I know it's something that's very meaningful to me. It's what I'm working on these days. Is a Rabbeinu Yona. I'm going to read to you the Rabbeinu of the, Yona, the words of the Rabbeinu Yona in English. The Rabbeinu Yona writes, Realize that the penalty of this sinner who defers tshuva greatly intensifies each day. Why? For he knows that anger has gone forth upon him and that there is a sanctuary to which he can flee, the sanctuary of tshuva. And he still persists in his rebellion and continues in his evil. Though it is within his power to emerge from the turmoil, still he does not fear the scorn and the wrath. His evil, therefore, is great. And the Rabbeinu Yonah brings the marshal in Shari Tshuva that many of the Bali Musar quote at this time. And he writes, based on the Medrash and Kohelis Rabbah, about a group of people that were in prison, and they dug a tunnel underneath the jail, and they all left. And this one person stayed. And when the jailer comes along, and he sees the tunnel, and he sees the one remaining criminal, so he strikes and he beats the remaining criminal, and he says to him, Fool, the tunnel is open before you, and you didn't avail yourself of the tunnel and rush to freedom. And the idea is that the, the sinner who has the opportunity through tshuva to escape the jail and doesn't, it's an indication that he doesn't have an appreciation of the fear of what he's done wrong. Because if he would truly appreciate what he did wrong, so then he would, he would leave. But there's something else in the Shabbat Yonah that doesn't get spoken about enough, and it's what I'd like to focus on today, which is the idea that tshuva is not something only that happens in time, but also in space. That according to the Rabbeinu Yonah, tshuva is a sanctuary. It's an irmikla that one can run away to in the times when they've done something wrong, that they have what to fear, so to speak, of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, and they could run away to this sanctuary, to this place called Tshuva. So I'd like to take a couple of minutes to explore the space called Tshuva. Tshuva is not just a movement, it's not something we do, but it's a place that we go. What is the nature of this place that we go? In order to understand this, we have to go back to the very foundation of the creation of the world. HaKadosh Baruch Hu desires to have a dwelling place in the world down below. Which means as follows. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to be in every aspect of our lives. Not only the highest points of our lives, but the lowest points of our lives. And what does that mean? Some people think that we're with HaKadosh Baruch Hu when we're davening. We're with HaKadosh Baruch Hu when we're in the base Medrash. We're with HaKadosh Baruch Hu when we're doing Chesed. But that's the equivalent of a person being married, but only telling his wife, or a woman only telling her husband, about the success. I had a great day in work. I had a great day here. I had a great day there. What we want most in a marriage is a deep sense of belonging. And belonging means that we get to tell the other person about our lowest moments 
and know that they will hold those lowest moments with us in a non-judgmental, compassionate way, unconditional positive regard. And we want another person to share those moments with us. There's nothing that feels better than when somebody you love telling you about their failures, telling you about the things that haven't gone well, and being able to say to them, it's okay, and I'm with you in this space. When HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I want a dwelling place in the world down below, of course that means that HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to invite Him into every aspect of our lives, and very often that's the lives of Kedusha that we lead. He wants to be invited into our shuls, into our base medrashas. He wants to be invited to our Shabbos tables, of course. But HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to be invited into the lowest aspects of our lives. HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants us to sit down with him and to say to him, in an honest way, this is what I'm struggling with. This is where I'm not doing so well. And I share this with you because I don't want any part of me to be hiding in this relationship. You know, very often you'll have a husband who will wonder, why are things not going well in my marriage? And the answer is because your wife doesn't know you. She only knows 80% of you. But if you don't share with your wife the other 20%, the harder 20%, the vulnerable 20%, so then a person could very easily say, she knows me, but she really doesn't. You think she knows you because you've told her all the good things. And maybe you've told her some hard things. But really, to know another person means to know all of us. I struggle with this. I messed up here. I messed up there. To be able to say these things because we know that we're not defined by them. There's a difference between shame and guilt. Guilt is I'm a good person who did something, a behavior that is unbecoming of who I am. And shame is I'm unworthy of love and connection because of what I've done. Our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu should have a healthy amount of guilt and regret. Which is, of course, to say like the bumps on the side of the highway, like Rabbi Abraham J. Tversky explained. The bumps on the side of the highway. We want to be able to share with HaKadosh Baruch Hu who we truly are. Because we know that we don't need to be ashamed in front of Hashem. We know that we can come to Him and be honest. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu says, I know you, Davin, but can you talk to me about the Averas that you've done this year? Can, can we build a space, a sanctuary, where instead of living in fear of our Averas, instead of saying, God is going to punish me for what I've done, can we use these Averas as an opportunity to come closer to HaKadosh Baruch Hu? Because if a husband and a wife had a fight, and a husband says to his wife, I want to share with you that... I know I said some things that were really hurtful in this fight that we just had. But I want to share with you what was going on for me. It was really triggering when this happened. And it was triggering for me because when I was a child, this is something that I went through. And the story that I was telling myself when you were doing this was that you were, let's say, pulling back or whatever was going on. And that's why I reacted as strongly as I did. If we can come and we can be honest about what we're going through, we give our, our spouses the opportunity to hold space for us. So then our spouse has the opportunity to say back, wow, I didn't realize that when I said that thing or did that thing, that that's how you interpreted it. I thought I was just doing this. I didn't realize it meant so much more to you. And because of that, she can come closer to her husband because then she could say, oh, 
Like, I, when you said that thing to me that really hurt me, you didn't really mean it. You were just protecting yourself in that moment because you were so scared. And that's how, that's, that's how a husband and a wife build what's called the space in between. When a marriage therapist meets with a husband and wife, he's not speaking to the husband or the wife. He's speaking to the space in between the husband and the wife. The space in between the husband and the wife is where the marriage occurs. You know, we think marriage occurs inside of us or marriage occurs inside of our spouse. It's not true. Marriage is a space that we create. It's the space in between you and I. It's the same thing when it comes to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. There's a space in between us and God. And the question is, what are we contributing to that space? Are we coming courageously to Hashem and saying, I messed up. This is what was going on for me. I feel uncomfortable with what I did. I feel a deep sense of regret. Or do we literally not have the capacity to say to Hashem, I'm sorry, because we've created this narrative around Hashem that Hashem is out to get us. That now it's my time to to beat my chest and to say, I'm so sorry, I'm so sorry. Because obviously I'm, I'm a pathetic I'm a pathetic human being who did a terrible thing. This is not a space that's healthy. This is not a space that's a sanctuary. This is what the Rabbeinu Yonah is saying. The Rabbeinu Yonah is saying, you're in jail. And what that really means is the space that we live in is, is a space that holds us captive. We're held captive by our own Averas. It's a very serious thing to think about, that we're held captive by our own Averas. In a certain sense, it's like an it's like an addict. We're we're all we're we're addicted to our averas. An addict is a captive to his addiction. The addict doesn't want to be drinking or smoking or eating or doing whatever they're doing. The addict doesn't want to be doing these things. The addict feels compelled to do these things to the degree that they feel that they've lost all choice. So they're held. They're they're literally a captive. They're in jail. And the Kaddish Baruch Hu is coming along and he's saying to us, in this zman of Elul where I come out into the field, the Alter Rebbe's Mashal, of the king that comes out into the field, I'm offering you a way out. What does it mean? It means you don't have to be in this space, you can be in a different space. You don't have to be in a space where you're held captive by your Averas. You have to be in a space where your Averas become grist for the mill, where the Avera itself becomes the opportunity for us to draw closer. And the fact that a person would waste this opportunity... HaKadosh Baruch Hu wants to smack us upside our head. He says, I'm giving you the opportunity to come clean. There's no greater feeling in the world than the feeling of innocence. The feeling of innocence is such an important feeling because when a person feels innocent, they can go back to square one. When a person feels innocent, they could say, it's okay, it's okay. I don't have to beat myself up anymore. I don't have to say that I'm a terrible person. I'm good. Innocence is what gives us access to rebuild our relationship with HaKadosh Baruch Hu. So a person has to come clean. If you've ever had the opportunity to do that, then you know exactly what I'm talking about. If you had someone that you deeply hurt, or that you felt you needed to apologize to, I don't know if you all is laughing because of what I'm saying or something else, but uh, <laughs> but I, I know that Yoel for sure is somebody, because he's such a tremendous person, I know that y'all for sure has had the opportunity. Y'all, you're driving. Don't don't worry if don't worry about the. Uh, you focus on driving, y'all. Don't worry about the. Don't worry about the the phone. But I know that y'all has had the opportunity in his life to make amends. I'm looking around. So many of you, I know, you know, 
Baruch Hashem, we're sitting here with people who I, I so admire, people I know have been courageous, who have admitted to other people what they've done wrong. When you do that, afterwards the feeling you have is like, ah, that's good, I, I feel clean again. I don't have to worry about that anymore. So when we come to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and we say, Salachti, forgive me, I did the wrong thing. Chatasi avisi pashati. We're not chas v'shalom beating ourselves. We're saying, Lefanecha, Lefanecha, we're, we're standing in front of you. And Adarabah, we're coming close to you through this vehicle. So HaKadosh Baruch Hu gets so frustrated at us because he says, you think I'm out to get you? I'm not out to get you. You could feel innocent if you'll be honest with what's actually happening. That's the Avaida. To this Elul, we should feel innocent. That's what we want to feel. By the time Sukkot comes along, we want to be able to enter into a new dwelling place of HaKadosh Baruch Hu, a sanctuary, if you will. The Sukkah that we build at the end of this, I believe, is the sanctuary that the, that the Rabbein Yonah is speaking about. That tshuva is what builds a sukkah. And that we could sit, so we could sit under the shade of, of the sukkah and we could say, HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I could sit with you here because I feel innocent again. I'm sitting with you, Shpizen, and I'm, I'm sitting with the, with the tzaddikim in my sukkah and I just feel like I'm comfortable again. How many of us feel uncomfortable with Hashem? I, Hashem, this year I didn't daven with Kavana. Again, I promised myself I was going to daven with Kavana this year and I didn't daven with Kavana. I promised myself that this year was going to be the year where I worked on my Shmir Asenayim and there were times where I did and times where I didn't, but mostly I failed. And, and a person who comes like that, they're rolling around in the mud that's, and, and then they wonder why they feel dirty. That, that's not a way of coming to HaKadosh Baruch Hu. We're coming to HaKadosh Baruch Hu and saying, I know that you're as compassionate as anyone could possibly be. You're infinitely compassionate. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I know you've created a safe space called Tshuva, where I could come and I could be myself. And I share these things with you because I don't want any part of my life to be devoid of you. This is a healthy approach to Tshuva. I, I heard last night from Rav Y.Y. Jacobson, he said a very beautiful thing. He said, the Lubavitcher Rebbe says that we start Slichos on a Matzei Shabbos because it has to come from a place of Menucha. We have to start saying, I'm sorry, from a place of Menucha. Shabbos Menucha, and then after on Matzei Shabbos we could start saying, I'm sorry. So many people have such difficult time with Tshuva because we're coming from this impoverished mentality of, I'm a terrible person. We don't come from a place of serenity. Serenity is a very big word. What does it mean to be serene? What does that mean to be calm? And today we, we, we mistake serenity and comfort. You know, a person could get high. They could smoke a lot of weed. And they think, no, I'm very relaxed. I'm very serene. That's not called serenity. That's comfortable. That's comfortable. You smoked away your anxiety. That's not what we mean. Serenity means that you know you're essentially good and you're living from that place of goodness. And it's, you're not worried with what's happening in life because you know no matter what happens in life, I'm not defined by my lowest moments. I'll be good, I'll be less good, I'll have ups and I'll have downs, but I'm okay. That's what it means to be serene. I'm enough. I'm okay. On Shabbos, a person doesn't have to build this world. The rest of the week we're saying, okay, I'm, I'm contending with whatever life throws at me. On Shabbos, we return to our essential goodness and we enjoy the world as it is. It doesn't need to be better. It can't be worse. It's exactly what it's supposed to be. That's the perspective that a Yid has to have on Shabbos, and it's from that perspective that a person has to start doing tshuva. Be'etzem, I'm okay as I am. The Rebbe Shalom loves me and is compassionate to me right now as I am. Now, because of that, 
I want to bring HaKadosh Baruch Hu into my life. That's what Carl Rogers says. The curious paradox is that only once I began to accept myself as I am, could I actually truly grow. We think that tshuva is the process of changing who we fundamentally are. It's not true. Tshuva is the process of coming in contact with who we, we essentially are. There's a story with the Lubavitcher Rebbe, a very beautiful story, that a Yid came to the Lubavitcher Rebbe and he said, Rebbe, I'm not going to go to shul on Yom Kippur this year. It's ridiculous. 364 days a year, I don't go to shul. I'm going to go to shul on Yom Kippur. I'm tired of being a faker. So the Rebbe said, I agree with you. I'm tired of you being a faker also. 364 days a year, you're a faker. And on Yom Kippur, you come in contact with the person you really are. So you should come to Shul on Yom Kippur, and Be'ez Hashem, you'll come to Shul the rest of the year also. We see this, we see that Jews on Yom Kippur, they come in contact with who they really are. When I was growing up, there were these Russians that would only come to the young Israel Farakway on Rosh Hashanah Yom Kippur. And uh, being a chutzpahdik little kid, I asked one of these little Russian kids, beautiful Russian kid, who would, they would come to groups and hang out with us, and they would only come twice a year. So I, I knew they lived like right across the street, I knew they lived like down Seeger Boulevard. So I asked these, I asked these kids, like, where are you the rest of the year? Like, why don't you come? And I remember this Russian kid got very angry and he grabbed me and he threw me up against the wall of Yom Yisrael Farakway. And he said, what, you think you're more Jewish than I am? Only, only like an eight-year-old Russian kid could feel like threatened by what I had said, you know? Like, I didn't mean to say a not nice thing. I was just saying like, where are you the rest of the year? And the way he took it was, how dare you tell me that I'm not Jewish? A Yid comes in contact with their essential self. Because we're coming from a place of serenity, we can invite HaKadosh Baruch Hu into our lowest moments because we know HaKadosh Baruch Hu is not trying to, he's not trying to hurt us. The Rebbe Shalom is trying to tell us, I'm with you in this, I'm with you. So tshuva is a sanctuary. It's not just something we do, it's a place that we build. We have the relationship that we build. That's it. You know, like, person wants to know, why is my marriage like this? What home did you build? Right? We... You can't act your way out. I'm sorry, you can't talk your way out of a problem that you acted your way into. If we have a certain relationship with our spouse, it's because we built that relationship. If we have a relationship with Hakadosh Baruch Hu that's angry and uncomfortable and it's not serene, Adarab is the opposite of serene. It's a place of of shame. It's a place of I'm not good enough. It's because we built that. It's not because Hakadosh. We can't blame that on God. Hakadosh Baruch Hu didn't want that from us. Hakadosh Baruch Hu wanted us to be honest with Him. So this slichos period. The avoda is very simply to say to HaKadosh Baruch Hu, Hashem, I'm with you. I want to invite you into the lowest places of my life. I know that I'm good enough. I know that you care about me. I know there's unconditional positive regard. I want to build a new relationship with you. HaKadosh Baruch Hu, I know that you dug the tunnel out of this jail. The jailer, that's the crazy part about the marshal of the Rabbeinu Yonah. The Rabbeinu Yonah doesn't say this, but it's move on. Who built that tunnel? Who dug that tunnel? HaKadosh Baruch Hu dug the tunnel. That's why we see... For example, by Menashe Melch Yisrael, Menashe was a tremendous rusher. For 55 years, he did despicable things. He brought terrible idolatry to Kalah Yisrael. We don't understand how evil idolatry was. Menashe did this. And HaKadosh Baruch Hu himself dug under the Kisei HaKavod, and he made a place for Menashe to return. It means that the jailer is goof of the one who says, here's the way out of jail. HaKadosh Baruch Hu is saying, stop it. Stop living in this space. I'm not interested in being in this space with you, and you're not interested in being in this space with me. So let's listen to the words of the Rabbeinu Yonah. Tshuva is not a thing we do, it's a place, it's a sanctuary that we go to. And Be'ez Hashem, we should be zaycheh to a kind and compassionate din, one that accesses the essential self of who we truly are. Rabbi Isai, it's awesome to see you. Without further ado, I don't know what the word ado means, but everyone says without more of it, 
I will bid you adieu, so that without further ado, you could hear beautiful Devar Chizak from Ravidid Yashlita.